welcome to chapter four. This week we're going to be covering the place slash bed, since they're basically, they're pretty much the same thing, right? So place and bed, and when I say things are the same, I mean they're trained the same way, like the same mentality or philosophy goes into the methodology that you're putting into the training, really just on your patience during the entire training process, right? So getting a dog into a bed or onto place, right? Like you can use place as, uh, or what I should say is you can use a towel for place, but not only a towel, you could use a, like a Kularu bed. Um, they're the ones that I use personally. I'm not sponsored. Again, any of the things that I've been saying names or anything, I am not sponsored. Um, and legally they're free from whatever because i have no clue what this podcast is going to entail as far as legalities <laughs> so everybody that i'm mentioning anything like that i'm not sponsored but um the cooler bed or if you really google it um basically what you'll see is the hammock bed right like they're basically dog beds but what you can do is before you put it together you can train the dog to lay on it just the bed before you make it into the hammock right because some dogs have a problem with the height off of the ground and maybe even the texture of the material itself so sometimes i'll just put it flat on the ground and i'll let them walk on it or i'll put it all together and flip it upside down the legs will be facing the ceiling and i'll just let the dog walk and back and forth across it right and when they walk on it i'll say yes good place and again remember i'm saying that very quickly but it's yes good place when the dog is walking on it so during this period, you'd probably be walking them on a leash, right? Otherwise, they may not want to step on this new item because it's weird, it's freaky, it might not feel good, might not be comfortable for them, whatever the reason is. They might not like the color. <laughs> you know, I always think that dogs really probably do smell the actual chemicals in materials, right? Like, you get a new couch, new couch smell, right? You open some new dog material, like, what is it really made out of? Do we know? No. But... Again, that's just speculation, and uh, we won't really get too much into all that, but at the end of the day, I think, you know, whether it's a towel, whether it's place on the cooler bed, and then either or, you can train the dog to get on a towel while it already knows the cooler or vice versa, by just throwing a towel onto the cooler Um Again, I'm just going to, we're going to use cooler as the general term. Um, for these raised up beds um, and I love these because you can go into a field whether it's raining anything keep the dog out of the mud keep it dry go camping your dog is raised off the ground safer I've literally laid in these hammocks with the dog <laughs> like 80 pound dogs is laying laying in this bed I'm laying in it I'm you know 150 160 and I'm laying in this bed with a dog and you know we're com we're perfectly comfortable sometimes the dog will get out and I don't even want to get up like, they're actually pretty comfortable on, like, low-key. Um, so be, be aware of how comfortable dog things are. You know, it'll get weird sometimes. You'll be like, you know, is the dog actually living better than I am? <laughs> Does the dog have better posture than I do, right? <laughs> More support in the bed. Um, but, yeah, so really that's the place, right? Just walking across back and forth. And, you know, you walk across, you stop. Yes, good place. Only when you're on top of it, though, right? So remember, your placement matters. And that's tree placement, as in, like, if the dog is in a down and I give the treat above its head and it jumps out of the down where I wanted it, 
Whose fault is it? The dog, don't get mad at the dog for breaking it down. You should have delivered the treat to its face level. And whenever, again, in the down specifically, I give treats. I give treats down by the paws. So literally down by the paws, or I put it on the floor. So the dog has literally no reason to jump up out of the down. So I'll deliver a treat to the floor. I'll reach back behind my back, give it a treat out of the pouch to the floor pouch to the floor, pouch to the floor, pouch to the floor, and the dog starts getting used to waiting there and staying there. And that's kind of like how we begin to shape, um, you know, the stay or the wait, right? Because that's, that's like patience. That's starting to teach them, you know, you just kind of chill here. And then I start out fast, right? Again, everything we do, the treats are kind of given pretty quickly because the dog's amped up. It's learning something new. It wants to get up and break. But when we teach it that staying there and being good and doing nothing is a good thing, that's when the dog, the dog is really going to like take full registry that, wow, our training is good. And I get paid more when I do things well and when I stay there. And guess what? I don't have to burn calories. So I think that's like the thing that equates to dogs the most. <laughs> it's like uh, calorie counting. Um, I always tell people, I'm like, yeah, they're calorie counters. You know, your dog doesn't want to go over and start jumping up on the counter and looking for things. So I was like, it's hungry. And then it evaluates things. And it's like, is it worth the amount of calories? Like, is that piece of chocolate up there worth the amount of calories I'm about to burn? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> and then they go and do that thing. Um, you know, and I feel like most dogs, it, it's probably yes to most of the things because most of our food is, is pretty good. Like, let's, let's be real, you know, like, Come on now, like look at their food and look at ours. So yeah, kibbles and bits to them is like McDonald's every day. But, um, and again, I have no legality towards them either way. <laughs> um, but, uh, with that said, you know, it's at the end of the day, you, you feed your dog what you feed your dog. Um, the only thing I can tell you is if you're feeding your dog a raw diet, you're going to have way less poop. The dog's literally going to be healthier. What I can tell you is as well that things can go wrong. A raw diet is not a chicken breast a day. I've seen clients try to tell me their dog's on a raw diet. And at the end of the day, it was just missing a lot of things that they need. And again, I don't specialize in this. So if you guys are interested in any of these services, please do reach out to us. We can get you in touch with the right people. Um, I am literally been spending years networking and doing things with other trainers around the world, not just this country, not just the state, not just this city, literally the entire world. I've been networking like crazy. So there's somebody for everything, um, pretty much in my phone book. And again, if we don't have an answer for you guys, we will get you an answer, uh, because our growth is your knowledge, right? So the more we learn together, the better off we all are. Um, all right. So to really touch up on bed, um, really bed is going to be the same thing, but there's a cheat. <laughs> Imagine that I found a couple cheats. So to get a dog in bed, you can either set it up the same as the place and just let the dog walk across. And when the dog is on there, you lure above their head and say, yes, good bed. And, um, this, they're, they're kind of the same in that sense, right? So you're literally just getting the dog on top of it. You're getting them there. You want them to sit. That's kind of the first thing. Even if you can just get them to walk on top, right? Like if they're freaked out by it and you can only get them to walk on top of it, just walk them over it and say, yes, good. And then say, uh, you know, good place. And then, okay. 
and then pause and then throw that treat away, right? Let them run off of it. And then they come back to you and just keep repositioning yourself so that you're on the opposite side of it. So the dog has to come to you and go across it to get to you. And if the dog runs to the left, you step to the right, right? Just make it a game where the dog has to come to you. Sometimes I've seen dogs get mad and they'll bark at you. So when you start stepping left, they're like, hey, <laughs> like they literally get mad and yell like, hey, stop, stop, stop trying to make me walk across this. You know, it's like really funny. Um, but yeah, so with that said, you know, we kind of want them to finish the bed and the place in a down, right? And uh, I, I'm i trying to figure out if we have the footage for the down, but in a nutshell, if you take your hand and you make a knuckle uh, or you make a fist, I should say, um, and you put treats in it and you're holding it there and you let the dog smell the treats, the dog's already in a sit at this point. And you go right below its chin, and it just smells it. And you kind of just go a little bit lower and a little bit lower. And you'll hear me tuck my chin here. And I'm, you know, a little bit lower, a little bit lower. And the dog starts trying to get to it. Then you start going right down the dog's chest a little bit, right? Like, don't put too much pressure and just kind of keep it there. And when the dog starts bending its shoulders or elbows or something, trying to get to the treat, you go a little bit lower. And you're just, like, enticing them slowly to go down and get these treats, right? And when they kind of go down... Finally, and again, the full down is elbows bent and touching the ground from the elbow. And you want a flat arm from their paw to their elbow, fully touching the ground. Make sure that their butt's not up in the air, right? No bows. Don't, don't, don't take a bow. And also don't take the butt down, but the front where the elbows are kind of off the ground, right? Because the dog's not down yet. It's just kind of hesitating to go down. And we want them all the way down. Um, so the down is the down, right? So let's, let's get the full down. Um, so when the elbows and the paws are down and you can see both of them, yes, pause, reach behind your back. Good down, right? So, and you do have the treats in your hand already, right? So during healing, during this, you have the treats in your hand. When you're reaching down, you're luring the dog and then you reach back anyway, right? And people are like, well, why do you do that? Why do you, why do you make it seem like you're getting it from the pouch, even though the dog, even though the dog knows. And I say literally because it buys me extra time <laughs> with the dog. So it buys me extra time reaching back to the pouch. It, they, they know I have it. Yeah. But that, you know, then they also somehow at some point realize that, okay, when I smell the treats doesn't mean I get them right away. I wait for them for a second. And then sometimes his hand takes a little bit longer. And each time I get a little bit longer response out of my dog, you know, I could fumble in my pouch for five seconds. I fumbled in my pouch for like 20 seconds with a dog one time until, and then it barked at me and it got mad. And I was like, Hey, you're taking too long. And I'm like, I'm sorry. My, you know, these, these, these stupid human hands, these fingers just don't work sometimes. You know, that thumb is just not functioning. Um, but again, we don't want to like make the dog irritated during this training because we're trying to see. So sometimes the dog will get mad and I'm like, okay, how long did that take for that dog to get to that point? And then I avoid that point again, right? So even if you have a mistake or a hiccup in training, sometimes it can end up benefiting you in the long run. Just try to make sense of it and try to get literal numbers and like data out of it. If you can literally time things, time your training sessions. And another key tip that I really give people, um, that are my, really my clients in general, or really, I should say my, my my trainers, um, is record yourself. You can get a cheap GoPro, um, or, you know, something like that. Anything, uh, have somebody record you on a phone. Like literally you have your phone. Everybody's got a phone. Everybody has a phone. So literally just record yourself training. Yeah. It might be weird. Yeah. You might feel weird, but guess what? At some point, 
uh, you know, if you were to post these things, you're going to be a role model or inspiration to somebody else. Dogs are literally a pathway to like opening doors for friendships. I've, I've met some amazing people, amazing people doing amazing things in life, have been so many places, have seen so many things, have done so many things, are worth so much money, or worth, you know, and then I've know on the opposite hand, I know so many people have done nothing, who uh, don't have anything, um, and you know, I, at the end of the day, I try to build a life for myself that I believe um, that I'll be happy with when I'm old, you know, I try to think of things from my deathbed, and um, I also try to do that with my dogs, you know, I think from like the future, looking back, like what, what was my story? What was, what was I about as a human being? You know, what did I do for who I was with and my family? And what was my legacy? What did I, how did I treat my dogs? How did I treat my animals? Right? Like, how do you treat people? How do you treat, you know, all these things, all these questions. And at the end of the day, I think dog training kind of gives us a way to kind of focus that like who are we going to be is every day like you get up and you prove who you're going to be with your dog uh there, there was a speech one time from a navy seal captain i can't remember now it was on youtube if anybody remembers their name just uh go ahead and shoot that to me and i'll get i'll be sure to get that in here but uh his speech basically said he was like if you want to save the world you got to get up and make your bed in the morning right and i'm like okay so that's step one so every day i literally try to do that right I get up in the morning, I make my bed, go hop in the shower, miserable, <laughs> I get up in the morning, all my joints hurt, everything, right, and again, it's not the worst, life is amazing, um, you know, you just have to be at a different point and standpoint in life, and over the years, I wasn't like this in the beginning, I, I developed like this over the years due to dogs, so dogs have literally uh, shaped my life, because every time I see them, they're so happy to train, they're so happy to see me, they're so happy to get in, into training with me, and people literally say it all the time, they're like, you know, my dogs go crazy, and they're like, are you like, you know, the dog whispered, I'm like, no, I don't, I don't think I can even touch that, that might be copyrighted, trademark, be careful with that, right, and again, that's like, you know, Caesar Milan for you guys, and again, not sponsored, not anything with them, no legality, just trying to clear my name, just trying to talk a story here, <laughs> uh, nobody sued me here, please, <laughs> and, uh, you know, at the end of the day, it's like, no, like, I'm, I'm none of those things, I just, I, I'm here for the dog, I listen to the dog, I, I look at what the dog wants, I can tell by their posture, if, if, if something's too much for them, I give them a break, I change up my pattern, I change up my process, and, you know, my plan, because again, this is a project, every one of these dogs is a science project to me, like, really, at the end of the day, how well I can do security and run um, projects is kind of what we're talking about, how well this this all goes, right? And, you know, I have to coach my clients on that and how to protect your dog the best and, you know, how to get the best results out of each process and training. And I try to literally communicate this podcast the, the same exact way as I would talk to a client in person. I'm like pretending like you guys are right here in front of me. And I literally talk to my clients the same exact way that I'm talking to you guys, maybe a little bit more cursing, but <laughs> you know, know your market, know your, know your, um, know your, know your audience is what, what I've been told. And, uh, again, this is supposed to be like a friendly podcast and, you know, this is supposed to be family oriented enough, um, you know, and again, I think in the future, you know, it may go sideways here and there, but again, I think, uh, we'll probably do an adult version of a course, um, uh, is going to be the general guidelines. And then when I do do a child's course, I'll make sure to moderate everything because I do, I always did want to launch a child's course. I'm going to make that clear to everybody now. Um, 
one of my best clients ever was a seven-year-old who had a 180 pound dog <laughs> and uh she was she listened so well and she was the only one who trained him uh and the house just like bowed down to this child it was it was amazing she was like uh, she was like tarzan <laughs> a little female tarzan child it was gonna it was, it was awesome all right so to transition we're going to be talking about the sit now sit is pretty simple again um I already talked about the down a little bit, right? And uh, the sit is kind of the reverse of that, right? So if you have a dog who just lays down off the bat when you're trying to get them to sit, that's a problem, right? So sometimes uh, with that dog, what I do is consider your space a bubble, right? Your dog is a bubble, you have a bubble. If my dog is laying down, my foot, my right foot, my left foot, whatever your strongest leg is, you slide it right under their chest and you just try to tap like just the tip of their chest and just see if they pop up, right? Some dogs are like, oh, what are you doing? Don't touch my chest. Don't, don't, don't. What do you do? What are you doing? Get out of my bubble. Don't touch my chest. That's disgusting. Get your shoes off me. <laughs> and then you, if other dogs, you might, you know, you might put a little bit of pressure up, pick up your toes a little bit, try to pick them up a little bit. Again, never like lifting your leg up, never knee off the ground, just literally bending from your ankle, just tipping your toes up, seeing if they'll pop up with a little bit of uncomfortableness, just kind of like, well, that's not comfortable. Let me get up here. And when they sit up, you say, yes good sit and reinforce that right because that's what we wanted from the beginning when you have a dog coming to you from the front if you're calling them to you in the gum or if they just see you and they're coming to see you and you you know you put your hand in front of their face with you if you have a treat or not because initially we start everything with treats whether that's the touch the luring all of that and eventually we try to see if we can do it without any treats and then say i'm luring and there's no treat and i come to the end of my lure and i stop then i say yes and then I reach with my right hand, boom, hit that hand, boom, hit that hand again, right? Just like the touch. I'll reach in and I'll deliver that treat to that hand while it stays there from my right hand, right? Because I was lowering to the left. And uh, again, the sit, when you have a dog coming into you, you're just getting down on their level. Always nose level with everything. Um because again you want to get down to them you want to put it in front of their face you really just want to make it clear like dude i got some treats right here check this out and you pick it up you start raising it up and then you can stop when it's right between your chest right your palms facing the sky your thumb still bent holding the treat and when the dog sits you go yes and you drop that hand you stay still hands at side and then you reach behind your back and then deliver that treat good sit and then give a bunch of treats Right, so that's pretty much like the two forms of sit in a nutshell besides like leash pressure and we're not really going to get into that now um i just don't really know how to deliver that the easiest uh or in the best way at this point right now so i'm going to make sure that we do include that but i think i'm going to include that more on the scale of like the behavioral things because i just want to give people a general outline of the training right now these are like the really positive things right and again this isn't really for the dogs who have those really serious nervous problems there's this this these aggression issues whether it's dog reactivity human reactivity other animals whatever the case right and again if your dog's bitten somebody it's not a lost cause right every every have dogs and they've lived amazing lives who have nipped or bit people i've been bit by dogs and then you know they've turned around and lived an amazing life <laughs> somebody's just gotta be willing to you know show them like your, your teeth aren't that intimidating just so you know and when they realize that they're kind of like all right well this guy's kind of crazy so I better uh, just do what he says. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's not that serious. Um, but yeah, so working with uh, dogs over the years, there's one of the most important things that you're going to come across is a concept called capping, right? So capping is, again, 
uh, I think I've explained this before, but I'll always t- touch up on this as like a specific specific topic. Sorry about that, tongue twisted right now. And uh, capping is really, you know, I come in maybe the front door, I sprint, 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 and then I stop, and then I just kind of like move super slow. And then all of a sudden, this is the dog's energy just kind of calms down. And the slower you move, you're literally like controlling the environment. Um, some dogs will actually be freaked out by slow motion though, right? So if you have like dogs with like a lot of prey drive and you normally move really fast and all of a sudden you start moving slow, the dog's gonna be like, hey, what's going on with you? Like something's weird. Why are you moving so slow, right? So if you move fast, your dog is going to notice when you move slow. If you move really slow and you start moving really fast, your dog's going to be really engaged in that, right? Because like all of a sudden you're coming to life. And that's kind of like what we're doing, right? So capping could be me knocking on my front door a bunch of times, a bunch of times, a bunch of times to get him over that, that knocking on the door if that's what their problem is. And then all of a sudden they stop barking because they realize nobody's there. And especially if you have a glass door or a screen door and they know not to go through that already, that's beautiful. So you bang, knock, 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 knock. Dogs come running. And then they finally stop barking. Right? Don't yell, don't say anything. Wait for them to stop. And then when they, when they stop, you say, yes. Give them treats. Good, quiet. Good. And then when they're right there, you can bang, 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 bang. Knock on the door again, wait for them to stop. And then, if they, like I said, if you have a screen door or whatnot, you can bang, 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 bang. Open the door. And when nobody's there, they're like, wait, what? And then you close the door, and then you bang, 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 and do it again, right? So you're just, like, trying a bunch of different weird things, right? There's Nothing is hopeless about dog training. Nothing is hopeless about dogs. The only thing is hopeless about dogs is when humans literally go, it's hopeless. I quit. This dog's got to control my house. My neighbor told me yesterday that his Yorkie's running his house. <laughs> um, and that's fine. But, you know, that they also have a baby right now, right? So at the same time, you know, sometimes life gets really stressful. Um, maybe sometimes things weren't planned as well as they should have been, whatever the case. Um, your dog is always trainable. And remember, I've trained dogs who are up to 14, 16 years old, and they've lived even longer lives. So with that said, um, capping is where you're getting super excited and you're using your voice you're using your, your energy your motion right so motion gets energy out of your dogs when you run you sprint really fast sprint 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 sprint, sprint stop the dog still has all that energy and it has to get at, out that energy it has to figure it out um you have some dogs who are really excited and they won't bite you but they'll teeth at you and they'll like put their teeth on you and you're like dude what's wrong with you and then a couple seconds in they stop Right. It's like literally like this, an emotional wave that you're seeing happening live, right? Like they get super amped up and then it just kind of fizzles out little by little and it dissipates and goes away. And then you can just stop again and then you start training them. Right. So that's what I want you guys to do. Um, no matter what kind of energy your dog has, you sprint, 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 get them amped, get them amped. They start barking, they start getting excited, whatever. And then all of a sudden you whip out your hand, you go touch. And they're like, yeah, 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 wait. Oh, okay. And then all of a sudden they realize what happened. They focus and then all that energy explodes in your hand and they like go and punch your, they punch your hand. Right. <laughs> so before they might've just came and put their nose on your hand, but all of a sudden they come over and they punch your hand. You're like, Psh! and you're like, wow, that was really hard. Like what's going on there? Or they're using their teeth uh, a little bit when they take their treats, like chomp, 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 chomp. Like they're like grazing or scratching at your hand a little bit and they're really energetic. 
And if that happens, again, that's just energy coming out from all the energy we just fed them, and that's fine. You deal with that a little bit. Um, but again, to stop that, you just kind of withhold the treat. So close your hand, don't let them take it until they start licking your hand, and then you can give them the treat, right? So wait till the, the, the teething slows down into licking. Right. So again, it's just like we're going to take the less, lesser of two evils, right? Because the licking can become incessant. But again, it's much better than the teething. So um, again, capping in a nutshell is when your dog is super, super n- neutral. And then all of a sudden you start sprinting. Sprint, 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 sprint. And then you go and stop. Slow motion. Just relax. And the dog still wants to play. Or maybe say... You could even do capping in the sense of like, my dog overreacts when I have toys or a ball or whatever. And I'll take that toy out and I'll go, oh, you want it, you want it, and I'll like look at the toy and I'll talk to the toy, not the dog. I'll be like, oh, you, oh I'm going to play with it, oh, I'm going to play with it, I'm going to play with it. And the dog's like, yeah, yeah, we're playing. I'm like, I'm talking to the toy, not you, right? So keep that in mind. So I'll shake it, I'll shake it, I'll be like, oh yeah, I'm going to play, I'm going to play, I'm going to play. I'll run around the house for a bit and then I'll run it back into the kitchen or wherever I just took it from and I'll put it back. So... None of our dog's toys are on the floor, ever. Our to- our dog's toys are not our dog's toys. They're our toys, right? So remember this because at the end of the day, uh, dogs have overexposure to their toys and they become worthless. And I always explain this to parents um, who have kids who are like, <laughs> you ever see kids who like go into rages and fits over not being able to play Xbox and stuff like that. And uh, I, I kind of laugh because I had some friends like that growing up, and you know, people like blame kids today. And I'm like, no, this is this this has been a forever thing. I was like, since video games it came out, and video games are addicting. <laughs> it just is what it is. That's that's why they make it the way they do. And um, you know, it's kind of like I, I tell people, I'm like, where you went wrong was when you got the kid the Xbox, or when you got them the system, and you're like, hey, happy birthday, Merry Christmas, whatever, whatever the occasion was, and you said, hey, uh, happy Hanukkah, you know. <laughs> whatever, whatever holiday, literally. And um, you give it to the kid, and then all of a sudden the kid plays it, and they get really good at it. And now you're mad at how much the games cost you. And now you're mad at how much they want to spend. And now you're mad that they're stealing your credit cards. And now you're mad, you know what I mean? Like it was like this like slippery slope that you started it off with. And I always just say to people, and I'm like, how simple could it have been? You know, and uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, right? And uh, you know, I always try to help people, so I'm like, it's great that we're doing a podcast now, and people can hear this. But for those who don't have kids, just think about this. And like, when the time comes for myself as well, I will have the system in my room, and when you're good, you can play my system, my games, right? When you do chores, you can earn time, right? When you do good, you can earn time. Right, you do you do chores, you can earn time. When you do, when you get a good grade, you can earn time on my system. That way, it doesn't get old. It's it's a privilege. It's earned, you know. And that's that's the concept we're running with with dog training is uh, create time. Super crucial, you know. Um, I know people who are professional trainers to do competition sports, and it's sad, but like some of their dogs are in the crate a lot of the day, like a lot, right? And I mean a lot, like we're not going to get into time and numbers because it's going to become an argument, but, um, you know, some dogs can't be out because they do bite work, um, which is like a sport or a competition or protection or police work, etc. Um, and you know, it's like really fun to do. Um, I've gone to training, I've done some of that stuff. I've dabbled in it a bit, but I don't specialize in it. I never would claim it. Um, and you know, just certain dogs have jobs to do 
Um, and you know, those dogs have a whole different level of capping, right? Their energy levels go through the roof. So there's some dogs who have drive and those dogs have drive to do jobs. Sometimes what we see is there's house dogs who could possibly end up having the drive, but maybe didn't make it, um, in, into police work or whatever kind of work, or were just unstable enough where they couldn't do the work, but now we just have these pet dogs, right? So if you have those dogs, um, that are, you know, really like coming after you guys, like trying to bite at you guys, whatever, like that's, that's a dog you need to get professional help with, right? So with that said, if you guys have any questions about this week at all, please do get to us on, uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, or get to us at our Gmail account, hddogtraining at gmail.com and let us know if you have questions and we will try to get back to you as soon as we can. Please do remember we are constantly going to be working on this course and, uh, this is just the beginning. This is our, basically our beta. Um, so just want to make that clear before you go trashing us in the, in the comments. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, guys, take it easy. Have a good day or night or whatever time it is, wherever you are and get outside and train those dogs. See you in the next chapter.